It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by parks sportsbook and casino and eagles loss elliot shore parks that it's just at a certain point i thought it was going to be a, a 40 point loss somehow it only ends up being a two point loss they actually have yeah. a chance to tie it at the end just a weird game where you come down on this are we is this another moral victory this week or <laughs> Or what's the uh, what's the take out of the gate? Like a thirty to twenty eight loss when when it really felt like it was going to be more, but also they they lost. Yeah, I mean, so the last I said this after the uh, game against Steelers, and it really was my first reaction today too. And we'll get obviously get into the game and the specifics of why they lost, but it just makes it that much more painful that they played Washington and Cincinnati and didn't come away with a win. Because if you win those two games, you can accept close losses to the Steelers and the Ravens. You can accept, you know, Carson Wentz starting the season off slow, but then improving. And I I mean, I thought he played great today. I know we'll get into it, but like, these are the games that because you lose closely, you have to win the games you're supposed to win. You just have to. And, but the reality is after winning a close game last week, I don't think you can do the moral victory thing. You can't do the encouragement thing. Like, this was a game that was there to be won. The Eagles are one four and one. Like that's wild. They've played six game and they've played six games and won one game. This game was right there for the taking. When you look at the press, I'm sorry. When you look at the box score, the Ravens really didn't dominate. I know, I know they were up big at times, but total net yards was very close. Uh, offensive plays was close. Um, the time of possession, the Ravens did have it more, but the Ravens had 12 penalties for 132 yards. Eagles only had three penalties. I mean, the turnover was absolutely killer by Carson and Carson played great. Carson deserves an A for his game today, in my opinion, but that turnover was kind of the difference in the game. I mean, it handed the Ravens a touchdown and I know it was early on and a lot of things happened after that, but that turnover was one of the huge plays in the game. When you look at why they lost this game. Yeah. And we'll get into Carson. I thought he was. Absolutely with you. Just a, a really a, a tough, tough performance by Carson Wentz. I mean, he was under siege the entire game. We'll get to all the specifics, but I come away with exactly the same kind of feel you have is that it really is frustrating because this was a game that despite, 
massive mistakes. I mean, like you said, that fumble was was just huge and you know, gave Baltimore a couple short fields early on and just it felt like a game that that despite mistakes, you had a chance and they obviously did at the end and and just a few things go the other way and and you're winning this game a missed field goal they lose by two I mean there there's a number of things you can point to but it's a lot tougher to get excited about it and look you know the Giants end up beating Washington so if Dallas loses the Eagles still a half game back and Dallas is a small underdog but an underdog against Arizona it's only half game back so it's it's a weird season in that way I was talking to Emily about it during the game where it's like it's really hard to kind of judge how you feel about this team because in the grand scheme of things, like there's a really high likelihood they're going to be, you know, quote unquote, fighting for a playoff spot for a long oh, time. Oh, they're definitely going to be fighting. I know! I know, but that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because they just don't feel like a very good football team. And, and even today, it felt like the Ravens played worse more than the Eagles played well to get them back into yeah. the game. You know what I mean? Like... It felt like the Ravens, when they wanted to, particularly the defense, was significantly more talented than the Eagles out there. It felt like at times. But, again, credit to this team for fighting. You know, we talked about that last week. And, you know, when they were down 31-14 last week, it just felt like, all right, game over, done. And it felt that way early this week, too. Down 17-0, Ravens have the ball. Again, in the second half, the Ravens, you know, kind of look like they're going to walk down the field to start the second half. And, and some big stops helped. And this team, you know, I'm impressed that they didn't give up and that they didn't kind of not give up. That's not the right term, but I'm impressed yeah, that they were like, able to fight against a better team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I just think that's such a low bar, though. It, I mean, it, you know, it is. It is. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this in a yay, Eagles. I'm saying right. this in a I'm surprised almost by it. It is not a. You know, it, it is a small silver lining that you can point to in a, a game where, again, mistakes and missed opportunities against a better team. You missed a chance to win a game that really could have made a big difference for you moving forward against a team that's better than you. You, you know, you're, you like you said, you didn't win games against teams that are worse, like Washington and Cincinnati. If you could have stolen a game against Baltimore, that could have gone a long way for them. Yeah, or still in the game last week in Pittsburgh would have absolutely been huge. I mean, the thing that's killer to me about this is you look at it, they finished with 28 today, uh, which is a good a good showing. Like, I don't really think this loss is on the offense or the defense. I'm not really sure who I would pin the loss on. I mean, Carson doesn't, I mean, I think Carson holds the least amount of blame for this loss of anybody, probably. Carson was one of the reasons they, they pulled back. But if you look at today, they scored 28 points. They had the drop pass from uh, Hightower on the opening drive, which was, just an absolute killer of a drop. I mean, Huge not only does drop, it hurt, man. not only is it hurt. I mean, you, he probably doesn't score on the play because he was kind of diving for it a little bit. It was still a very good throw, but he, I don't think he would have scored. But um, not only does the drop kill you from the perspective of just it was a bad drop, it means you're basically punting out of your own end zone on the first possession as opposed to at worst punting from around the 50, right? Um, it also means that the Ravens get the ball on the next possession. They start with it on the 47. So they're, they're already in Eagles territory. And then they have a 7 nothing lead. And just, you know, it kind of spiraled for a little bit, at least out of control from there. So that was an absolute killer of a drop. The drop touchdown from Miles Sanders. Um, I know he had to kind of turn at the last second, but that ball hits you in both hands. You got to make that catch. So 100%. Another- that that was worse to me. The high tower drop was bad, but... Miles Sanders, wide open in the end zone. I don't care if your feet are kind of off or if you've lost your balance. Like, 
you in that spot, and they didn't get points there. That was at the end of the half, where then they you know took the field goal the next drive. Like that, that was a massive, massive drop. Well, and my thing with the drop is, I mean, look in the off season we were talking about Miles Sanders, and we were laughing about the fact that the over under on total yards at Parks Casino for him was thirteen fifty. Like we we had really big expectations for him, and maybe he'll still hit that over. I mean, he he definitely could, but just when you look at it, like there's been plays this year that Miles Sanders could make where you would go like that's an elite running back level play. And that's a catch you got to make. If you want to be considered an elite running back, you do not drop that pass. So that was, I thought, just a brutal drop from him um, and obviously really hurt this team. So that's another play that, that took points off the board. The missed field goal from Jake Elliott, I get that it's long, but like you got to make that kick. That's the second week in a row where they're, they're, they're short three points because of a Jake Elliott missed field goal. Um, I'm not saying you bring another kick or anything like that, but reality is the last two weeks, you know, if he makes those field goals, the Eagles might be 2-0 and over these last two weeks. Who knows? Yep. Um, and then let me get your take on this. Uh, the first decision to go for the two-point conversion. So I think it was 17-0. They scored the touchdown. Um, so they go down 17-6. to Doug decides to go for two instead of kicking the field goal. What would you think? Yeah, I look, I thought it was weird. It, it didn't – I thought it was a strange decision. I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I, I – think Doug sometimes has a good feel for these two-point tries and stuff and when he should do them in unconventional spots, and I've been wrong about that before. So I, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. My bigger problem was the play call there. And, and again, obviously we'll get to it, but coming back, I thought you know that, that, that play call at the end on the final two-point conversion was Doug's worst moment of the game. I, I didn't think Doug was particularly bad today. I thought there were some play calls I didn't like, but I thought for the most part he did a solid job. I thought that... That play call at the end, running that like option you know, read option type play with Wednesday, it just felt it felt like such a horrible play call in that moment when, you know, you're actually moving the ball through the air well and you know, the the offensive line has been so bad. I just I hated well, so- it. I hated it. And it was a similar type of play call just with the Hertz thing going on on the first one. So I didn't like the play call. I trust Doug somewhat. I didn't I didn't love it overall is is really the main take though. So I I didn't like the play call on the final two-point conversion. And the reason I didn't like it was I agree with you on the trust Doug thing. Like, if he maybe saw something that how, you know, how Baltimore was set up, like, I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But I just didn't like taking the ball out of Carson's hands at that point. He he was playing well. Um, I don't like the decision to hand it off to Boston Scott. What, what I think happened, and I've only been able to see the replay once, but it looked to me like it was supposed to go to Boston Scott. Carson saw the play was blown, tried to hold on to it yep. as long as he could. Yep. And then, but then also I think LJ Fort was right there if he did hold on to it. So it was just, just a completely blown play overall, which is, you know, it's disappointing because it was a very nice final drive. I, I think that if they tie that game, I think they have, they have a chance to win it. They had literally. Yeah. I mean, like, let, let's all be honest with ourselves by far the most, the most likely scenario, if they tie it there with a the minute 55 or whatever it is left, Justin Tucker, it's a game winning field goal is the, most likely outcome in Maybe. that situation. But again, the D was playing well at that point, had made some big stops at that point. So I agree. Look, if they tie it there, it's it's a freaking tie game with under two minutes left. They're they're in it, no question. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I hated it. I hated that play call. I hated it. It was my least favorite moment of the entire game, that play call. Yeah. It was just it was a horrendous play call in that spot. Like you said, taking the ball out of Carson's hands, like allow Who's Carson just well. try and make something happen there. You know, that's 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 how you got the Jason Kroom touchdown, a guy I've never even heard of, Elliot, before yeah. the game. Not even kidding. I literally never heard of the guy. I was like, who? Who is that? Is, well, what is what is funny, happening? 
What's funny about Jason Kroom is uh, just it's definitely because he had on number 81 and it really speaks to what a physical like freak Terrell Owens was. But when he stands on the sideline, Jason Kroom from the press walk kind of kind of looks like T.O. Just with like oh, the yeah. really long arms and he's tall. He's clearly so not saying T. he's T. the next T.O. I get it. Yeah, I he's you. basically the next T.O. But uh, the decision to go for the first two point conversion, um, they did the same thing last week when they were down, they were down 11 after the touchdown and they decided to go for two. So there must be some analytical reason to do that. I guess I'll just trust the numbers on that one. And I like following the numbers when it comes to these decisions, but I don't know, man, like you're down 17, nothing, the touchdown, if you kicked extra point, puts you only down 10. There's still obviously a ton of time left in the game. I I didn't like, I didn't like it overall. And I guess you, you do trust the numbers there, but I don't know. I just, I agree. I, In the moment, I didn't love it. Points. You had to chase the points the rest of the game because yeah. of that. So, yeah. and, and and you know, if you if you do go for just the extra point there at the end, in theory, and I know things can play out differently, you're just kicking for the tie. And then, yeah, maybe they do go down and tie. It, who knows? But I, I didn't like that. So I'm that with would you. Be my I'm, I'm much more conventional. I'm with you. I'm much more conventional in that spot. I, I think you know. Again, I. I like to trust Doug in those spots, but ultimately in the moment, I was surprised they didn't kick the extra point and I would have kicked the extra point. Like it just felt like, yeah. you know, play it. But that was my only here. issue with Doug. I feel like I think outside yeah, of that, the, the play again, call the play call at good. the end, the play call at the end, but I agree. Right. right let's talk about and Carson. I, I, Cause go ahead. Okay. What were you say? Good. Well, no, I mean, this was, I guess kind of leads into Carson, but the point I was going to make, which goes for Doug and Carson is you really can't talk about this game without highlighting that they were without basically seven of their top eight offensive linemen at one point. And I saw a lot of people tweeting like, man, this offensive line is playing poorly. But I can't blame Howie for this offensive line right now, unless you want to say, you know, he signed a bunch of older guys and you can't be surprised they got hurt. But almost no team in the league can survive losing seven offensive linemen. Like finding good offensive line play is extremely hard in the NFL, let alone being down to basically like your fourth tackle, your third guard. I mean, really, Jason Kelsey is the only player out there that you can count on in any anyway along that offensive line. I know other people have played well, but so the fact that when you talk about Doug and Carson trying to carry this offense, they did it without basically their first and second string offensive line. They did it without Miles Sanders for almost a full half, no Zach Ertz for the fourth, um, no Deshaun and Alshon for whatever that's worth. But like they were playing without a ton of guys and still put up 28 points against the best scoring defense in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I think overall it was impressive. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I mean, Brett Toth was out there playing tackle at the end of the game. I mean, they were, they're severely hampered from a roster perspective with the injuries of Ed. And it was a bad roster to begin with, but I I agree with you. Look, I I think, you know, I'm not going to kill high for Isaac Samal getting hurt. I I might kill high for Jason Peters not being able to play. I mean, you couldn't see that coming. (laughs) But but I agree with you. I understand your point, and and I think it's a fair point. Let's talk about cars, then we'll get back to some of the other guys you mentioned. Um, I, I'm with you. I thought Carson was was just so impressive today, uh, considering that the offensive line. I mean, it, it literally felt like every single time he dropped back, he was he had to run immediately out of the pocket because they were already on him. It was crazy. And with the guys he had out there to do what he did to lead them back to give him a chance at the end there, I thought it was um, you know, I think heroic's too strong a term, but I thought it was a really really tough gutsy performance to give his team a chance against a better team with with real real subpar talent around him yeah absolutely i think the one thing that sticks out about carson these last three weeks 
and maybe this speaks to the effort at points around him, but it really high, it really sticks out to me how hard it looks like Carson is trying. Like he gets hit, he gets up. He's you know going down, fighting for extra yards uh, with two defenders on him. He's running the ball, right? I don't think he looks especially impressive running the ball, but he, he's definitely running the ball. He's making throws to receivers that were on the practice squad to start the year, which I like. I like the younger guys being out there, but I just was very impressed by Carson today. I absolutely was. I mean, some of those throws he made at the end uh, were very good. Um, it's clear he trusts Travis Fulgham. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I think, had 11 targets the most on the team for the second week in a row. So he likes throwing to Travis Fulgham. And Which Fulgham, was wild, too, because there were there were periods of time where it felt like we didn't see Fulgham at all, certainly early in the game. You know, it felt like there was no Fulgham at all and then obviously turned it on later. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And my, so I'm getting dragged on Twitter for a tweet. For I'll, I'll just read you the tweet, actually, and you tell me if you think it's unfair. Ooh, okay, so this is ooh, live reaction love, to love. Elliot being dragged on Twitter. Yes. Okay, so... This is the tweet, quote, today really highlighted how big turnovers are for Wentz. He was very good for 90% of the game, almost carried them back for a win with all backups. Very impressive. But that fumble that handed Baltimore a touchdown was huge. Eagles won't be a winning team until he takes care of the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's factual. It's fair. It was a big play. I mean, it was, of all his fumbles, that was one of the ones where, you, it did look like his knee was was close to down. I could have seen it going either way, but I think the big takeaway there is is he has to not fight. It's kind of what you were talking about before, where it's a it, he has to find the right balance because you were also giving him credit for for fighting a and ton of how credit. tough he was with the runs and all that. And like that was an example of that. Like that play was an exact example of that. A play where if he goes down, just dives, he gets four yards. He tried to make it six yards, and he's fighting for those extra couple yards and. And, you know, he was careless with the ball. I think he certainly deserves to get killed for that. That ball has to be tucked into your body in that spot. Your pass line is scrimmage. Like, you're not throwing it. Like, none of that. So, I'm certainly not absolving Carson here. I think he deserves that. But it was one of those kind of fighting for it, tough, mm -hmm. tough kind of turnovers. Not one of those just in the pocket, gets hit, ball comes out like we've seen so many times. Like, that was a, a you know, and held on to it till the last second. So, it's a tough one, but I think I think your tweet is more fair than not. I I don't think you deserve to get killed for it, but um, and I think it's true ultimately on the whole this season. I just think maybe the bad, like you said, I think for today, yes, that fumble was big, but there were so many other things that you could point to. Again, the high tower. Well, it's drop, one of the, the biggest Sanders differences drop. in the game, though. Well, but I again, mean, is it bigger than the the Sanders drop in the end zone? Is it bigger than the high tower drop well, on the first drive? Like probably the high tower drop, argue... not than the Sanders touchdown. I don't think. But they here, don't get the points reason, at the end of the half. Right. I mean, think about that. That you win the game. You win the game yeah. to get those points those, at the end. Those of the were half. big plays. So I would for sure. say the Sanders drop is bigger personally, but maybe not the high tower drop. I just think whenever you go into any game, not even talking about Eagles games, you always say the team that wins a turnover battle is the team that's going to win the game. Totally. Right? That's like a, a key every week. And so I was looking at the uh, box score afterwards. And they were pretty even with the with the Ravens. I mean, obviously it was 30 to 28, so it ended up being a very close game. The biggest difference was the turnover. Like it handed Baltimore a touchdown. It gave it to him at the 28-yard line. I agree it's kind of one of those turnovers where you can't really kill him too much for it. I agree maybe you got to tuck it closer, but look, that's a great play to go in and rip, rip the ball out of his hands. My larger point is that the Eagles are one four and one, and I don't think it's a coincidence. That And we'll see how the uh, stats end up from today since games are going on right now. But I would imagine no quarterback in the league has more turnovers than Carson Wentz, yeah, right? I, would, I mean, I he had guess. 
nine interceptions uh, heading into today. Now he has two fumbles, so 11 turnovers. Um, I just You can't win with a quarterback that turns the ball over every week. You just can't. Like, in last week against Pittsburgh, I, I said I didn't think those interceptions were his fault, but he still threw two interceptions. So the Eagles, to turn this around, especially in close games, like we started this pod off by saying that maybe you don't call this a moral victory, but two two weeks against two really good teams, and they almost won, and the the difference in a lot of ways has been the turnovers. It has. Like, you, the Eagles have to start taking care of the ball if they're going to win these close games, and it really is only Carson. Carson's the only one turning it over. I mean, Miles Sanders fumbled today and got somewhat lucky, but it's Carson that's turning the ball over every week. And when your quarterback's turning it over week, you're not going to win many games. So Carson's not the main reason they're one four and one. And he's definitely not the reason they lost uh, today against the Ravens. But when your qu- quarterback turns it over so much, I can't sit here and just ignore it. Like you, you don't get to turn it over and then be really good for the rest of the game and have it absolve that turnover. Like that turnover was a huge play. I, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think first of all today, it's, you know, again, to your point, it's not the day in the sense that, Carson was way, 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 way down on the list of reasons they lost and would have been one of the biggest, if not well, biggest you, you reasons. Hold you, you cut out for a second. Just go ahead. Sorry. You, you, I couldn't hear you for like five seconds. Okay, next time just you can roll with that because I'm recording. So if you can get the feel of what I'm saying, you know what I mean? Then like, do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, my bad. Because it's well, still recording here. A little, a little behind the scenes. You radio. want to? We'll keep this Okay. In. Yeah, a little guys... life lesson for anybody else that records Look a pod. Yeah, yeah so you can you all get, learn. If, if it's only like three or four seconds or five, like obviously if you completely miss what I'm saying for large swaths of time, then I get it. But like, yeah. otherwise just roll with it. Cause I'm recording it. So I got the audio. It's looking good here. So well, to everybody listening, you're learning, learning from a goat right here in the radio <laughs> podcast. So, All right. so continue so, your point. I apologize. I got to remember my point. That's, that's really the only flaw of this whole thing. Um, we <laughs> were talking, see this is the turnovers. Yes. Thank you. Um, so anyway, I, I think Carson was a big reason they almost won today. So I, I'm not going to kill him for it today. I agree with your macro point. He needs to be more uh, careful with the football. He needs to do a better job protecting it. That is a big reason they're losing games. But on the flip side, also, it's the turnover differential of the defense, which has played well. I don't. I thought it a, a better than good. You know, a good game today. Not the reason they lost either. Certainly against. Uh, you know, kind of made. You know, there were some lapses that last Lamar touchdown. There were certainly lapses defensively, mm-hmm. but I thought they made some big stops too, but have not really turned the ball over. You know, they had the one game with a few turnovers, but have really struggled to, to turn the ball over themselves. So that would be something that I think could help this team as well. But I, I don't want to, you know, look, Carson needs to be better with the ball, but I think ultimately Carson was really just, again, terrific today, considering the, the, the line he was playing mine and all that. Um, all right, 100%. a few... Uh, Miles Sanders, do you know any? What, the, it was a knee injury. They said we didn't see him obviously for the second half. Um, for yeah, most of it. it. Was, Have you heard anything knee, there? Or what's going on? Did any idea you were in the building? Did it? Did it? You know, seem like a no, bad I one. Mean, he was he was on the sideline. He didn't have his helmet. He was walking around fine. Now the issue is they play on Thursday, so. You have a shorter week there, and I think, you know, with both Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz, I think Zach Ertz is probably a little more serious. I mean, the fact that with Sanders, it's a knee versus an ankle for Ertz. You know, the knee is a more serious injury, I would say, overall. But uh, I I would expect Miles Sanders to play on Thursday. I mean, we'll see what Doug says on Monday, but I would think he's out there. Zach Ertz seems like the more questionable one for me. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, look, that again, you look at the end of the game and stuff, too, doing that without Sanders in there really – you know, maybe that last play works if it's Sanders and not Boston Scott. Um, all right, uh, Ertz, you mentioned him. Uh, look, 
I don't know what the injury is. Prior to the injury, again, I'm not upset at Zach for getting hurt, but still just, you know, had a, a couple catches early, but unable to really just make the difference that we keep looking for from Zach Ertz. He was your player to watch going in, your Toyota player to watch, all that. Like, and um, I don't know. I know he got hurt and couldn't contribute at the end and all that, but still just not getting from Zach Ertz what I feel like we need to get from Zach Ertz, especially in a yeah. contract push season. Well, and so you look at the press, the, uh, I keep saying press box. You look at the box score and Travis Fulgham, six catches on 10 targets, Richard Rogers, three catches on three targets, Greg Ward, two on three, Boston Scott, two on four, uh, you know, Kroom one-on-one like Zach Ertz, four out of 10. I mean, he's yeah. getting the ball thrown his way. Like, wild you know yeah and it's only catch four i mean it, i think it speaks to what i said the problem was early in the week when we talked about it him and Ertz. i mean him and wench just aren't on the same page and i think a few of the throws today were definitely on wentz um you know they're they're too far ahead of Ertz, or there was one that was kind of like behind him and he turned to and he got both hands on it but then didn't catch it and it's a catch he should make but the ball is behind him and What's weird is that these are two players that have played together for four plus years. They've been one of the best connections on the team. And all of a sudden, they just cannot get on the same page. I think Wentz's accuracy is part of it. But when you have a connection that's worked so well for so long, I can't just blame one side completely. So I, I think they're both to blame here. You know, uh, I think Wentz a little more just because of the accuracy. But yeah, another week, not great. I mean, if we're being real, outside of Carson, the best player on the offense today was, was the Jalen Hurts package, right? I mean, I guess Travis. Well, let's Fulgham, get into but... it because that was going to be my next my next thing that I brought up. What did so. you think of? The, I mean, <laughs> so it was limited, and obviously mostly that one drive, and it definitely did provide a spark uh, at times there. What did you think of the J? I mean, you've been kind of a staunch "don't put Jalen Hurts out on the field" person. Um, it yeah. definitely got the offense going there. What did you think of the whole package and and them deciding to do as much of it as they did? So I think today showed why like you just you always stick with Carson right like the whole offense was struggling early on Carson improved as the game went on uh they almost came back like Carson should be the quarterback there's no question about that I did not think at any point today like benching Carson was the answer but you also can't deny that when Jalen Hurts went out there like it sparked the team I mean it just did like he had the 20-yard run uh, I think they averaged uh eight and a half yards per play with Jalen Hurts on the field versus two and a half yards per play in the first half so they were way more successful with Hurts out there the 74-yard Miles Sanders run uh you know Hurts was out on the play was on the field for that play my only thing is like if you think that Hurts is the thing to spark the offense then why not just put him at quarterback and I'm not saying that's what I would do but it just it's so weird to me like this two quarterback system like it just it feels so pointless like I don't know I, I, I I'm, I'm torn on it because it worked today but I still just I don't like the idea of trying to shoehorn Hertz out onto the field like they wouldn't be doing that if Hertz was an undrafted rookie they wouldn't be doing it if he was a late round pick they're doing it because he was a second round pick and it worked today but I just I don't know there's I'm conflicted about it where, where do you fall on it yeah I'm I look again. The concept of what, look, he's on your roster, so why not utilize him? I understand, especially for a team that is fighting for a playoff spot and will be as we talked about. So I, I understand it from that perspective. And and you did draft him, so I, I don't, like, if Carson's okay with it and you're not going to cause any issues, which he should be in terms of this specific thing, like, that should be something he, again, I don't think he would have an issue with, like, just 
anything you could do to help move the ball to be tricky to do things. I'm fine with that, but it, it just highlights how ridiculous it was to it's take so silly. in that spot. Yeah, it yeah. just highlights it. Like you said, he's not out there if he's a late-round pick. It just highlights, especially when you look at the holes that this team has, for, especially from a depth perceptive perce- perspective. Like, yes, it is not their fault, all the injuries they've had, but – and look, some of their depth has been good, but on the whole, the depth on this team, it, this roster is just lacking. It's a lacking roster, you know, and I think that comes back to Howie and it comes back to taking a backup quarterback who you don't need or you're going to have in for five plays and, and maybe those plays are, are successful. But, um, you know, as opposed to someone who could be a starter for you at a position yeah. or somebody who's making a big difference, you know, I think well, it's that's also just. It's just so embarrassing when, like, they're both behind center pretending like they're going to take the snap and, like, have their hands out like they're going to catch it's it. It's all like, too cute. It's all too cute. Yeah, you know? that's what it's I mean. Like, like right. what are we doing here? Like, look, yeah. the turnovers have been a problem for Carson. At times, his accuracy has been a problem. Although, look, like, Carson has definitely improved from week one to now. His accuracy has been better. Cart, you do not need to run a two-quarterback system with Carson. And it's not a two-quarterback system. I don't want to say that. But it, it is, like, this whole trying to force him out there, like— the issue today was not Carson for the majority of the time. Like, yes, the plays with Jalen Hurts worked, but Jalen Hurts was asked to be doing something different than Carson was. Like, Jalen Hurts ran the ball, and it was a great run, and it's clear that he's explosive, right? It absolutely is. But it's just like, like, what are we doing? That's Every time Jalen Hurts goes out there, that's all I can think, even though it don't work. It's like, is this the system that's going to get you to the playoffs? Like, it's just pointless to me. So... It was explosive. It got people going. And again, it's inviting a quarterback controversy. Like, it just straight up is. Like, when Jalen Hurts went out there and the offense got a spark and got their first first down, you can't tell me that people weren't being like, oh, they look pretty good with Jalen Hurts out there. Like, I had people texting me saying that on the TV copy, and I guess actually you were watching, maybe maybe you can speak to it. Like, they were, you know, showing Hurts a whole bunch and saying, you got to get him out there more. Like, it just, it's invite, it's not worth the payoff. Even today, when it sparked the offense, it's just not worth it. It's just not to me. Yeah, 100% agree, particularly in a situation where, you know, this team, again, it's just so frustrating because this team has so many holes and it's, so clearly, even if they make the playoffs, not a, a true contending team. And you just think about what you could have done with that pick and how you could be getting someone real meaningful reps in the NFL now, someone who can help you for a long time. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. Yeah. Um, all right, the defense. We haven't talked at all about the defense. Uh, again, You know, obviously 30 points is too many, but short fields – it really felt like, at least to me, for the most part, the defense made some big stops, was there for the most part, and got killed by a couple short fields. That one drive, the first touchdown drive with the two third and ten conversions. Yeah, 47 super yards. Super frustrating. And that last Lamar Jackson touchdown just looked like kind of a total breakdown. But, you know, I, it's certainly not as bad for me as last week, even though, you know, the point totals were similar. What did you think of the defense? I mean, when you look at the drives where the Ravens scored points, uh, so I'll go from the beginning. First drive, 47 yards. Second drive, 28 yards. Third yard, third drive, 35 yards. Uh, the 163-yard touchdown run, I'm almost positive that was a Lamar Jackson touchdown. So they gave up one legitimate drive. Field goal, 38 yards. Uh, the other field goal drive, 12 yards. So, like, the Ravens only drove 50-plus yards on the Eagles' defense once all game. And I'm not trying to be a Jim Schwartz apologist, which I'm sure people are going to think I'm being after me, you know, kind of debating and defending him all week. But... Look, you give up 30 points, it's too much. Bottom line business, it is. You can't give up 30 points and expect to win the game, right? You, you just can't. But I don't know. I I didn't think they were that bad overall. Like, I thought it was kind of, a, in some ways, a classic Jim Schwartz performance where you can look at it and say, oh, this wasn't that bad. 
but there were definitely definite parts when you watch like the eye test and you say, "Ugh, this is ugly. Like they give the touchdown up on the early drive, two punts and another touchdown. You're down 17, nothing. So you kind of killed a defense for that, even though the offense had zero points. But I mean, I thought they held, held Lamar Jackson somewhat in check. I mean, he had 186 yards passing. He did have 108 yards rushing. So he don't think the knee is an issue. He looked silly fast on that uh, touchdown run. He had the 37 yarder. So he, uh, he played w- well, but, I don't know. I didn't think the the Ravens looked overly impressive today. Yeah, I didn't either. I really didn't. I thought a lot of the things you talked about heading into the game about their offense really proved to be true. The inability to really pass the ball uh, with consistency, Lamar Jackson's accuracy, um, really just kind of the running game. He had a few big third down runs. He had that touchdown run. Kind of saved them a bit at times today. It never felt like their offense, other than that one horrendous drive at the beginning with the Again, two third and ten conversions. It never felt like they were really rolling over the defense. It just felt like a few plays, a few kind of lapses, and then really right. short fields that killed them. The D line looked good. Josh Sweat turning into a really nice football player. That's at least one uh, in the Howie Joe Douglas column. We got to give them. It looks like he looks like a good football player. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I again, I, I like you said, uh, bottom line business. Thirty points is too many, but I, I didn't come away from today saying that the reason they lost was the defense. I definitely think the defense could have done more, obviously, but I don't think the reason they lost was the defense. Which is weird because they did give up 30 points. I know. So I'm kind of, you know, I go up. I'm too. I'm not, again, I'm not saying they were great. I don't want it to come off like that. I'm not saying they're great, but, um, you know. Um, Real quick, uh, before I forget to bring it up, the the fact that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's touchdown comes on is just – it's like the same thing with his catch last week where it was like better if he had dropped it ultimately. It's just so perfect. And, and look, heads up play by him. He was blocking on the play, which it seems like he can block, which is, I guess, if we're going to give him any credit, you know, (laughs) give him credit as a blocker. But um, that was, you know, pretty – I guess hilarious yeah. I mean, to see. Look, I credit to him for blocking down yeah, the field. Yeah, and being in the right spot. Yeah. yeah, and being in the right spot again. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm joking about how he got the touchdown just because it's like so on brand. But at the same time, like he does deserve credit for being there, being in the right position, being ready, um, and, and you know, kind of hopping on the ball when they needed a nice run too. It's really a shame the Sanders injury because I think that you know it could be something you point to where you know really could have made a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, who else got stood a, out to you? John Itower. John Itower yeah. is not is not good, man. Not good. Well, okay, so that's actually right where I was going. So this good. Is how so, about this? We, we're how about this? Lot, mind meld um, here. Yes. Yeah. So here's my thing with John Hightower. I think there's definite red flags. Like he seems just kind of like too skinny and undersized when you see him out there. Um, the first drop was terrible. Like you have to make that catch for sure. But I thought that the second one he had, where it might have even been the same play, because he was just as wide open, and he brought it in for the 50-yarder. Like, to me, that's a classic example of why you stick with young guys. Like, yes, the first drop was really bad. John Hightower, through the first few weeks, has not been super impressive. But last year, Greg Ward wasn't super impressive for the five games. He was good, but, like, he improved as it went on. And now today, in this season, you can see he's probably their most polished receiver. I mean, with Deshaun and Alshon Hurt, like... You have to give these guys time to improve. So, you know, Deshaun's going to be back on Thursday, apparently, according to Adam Schefter. And I'm sure he'll get snaps over John Hightower. I'm just sure that's what's going to happen. But, like, John Hightower deserves the right to try to improve and get better. He's a fifth, a late-round pick, fifth-round pick that I think has some potential. And 
today was a good example of it. Like he has the first drop and then you stick with him. He keeps getting snaps that he probably wouldn't have gotten if there were veterans healthy. And then he gets the big catch later. So yes, the, the drop was bad. He, he should have caught it, but like days like today where he has a bad drop and then he comes back from it will help them in like week 13, you know, like you have to give these guys time to develop. And I think Hightower today is a, a perfect example of that. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. I have not changed at all my stance of who I want out there, especially when it comes to wide receiver position. Um, last thing for me, I, I, you were down there today. Fans in the stadium actually got to, you know, you had gotten down to go to one game without fans in the stadium. Now mm-hmm. you're down there for a game with fans in the stadium. What was it like? What was it like to be down at the link to, to see actual fans in the stadium? What was the whole the whole vibe like? So early on, there was definitely a buzz. Like you could feel the difference in the uh, in the game. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, the other two home games. It was like it just felt quiet. They felt like scrimmages. Like it, it was, it was intense at certain points because you're following along on Twitter. Like you know, all that stuff. Like people are reacting. But I think having the fans definitely made it more of a game atmosphere. What the Eagles also did, which is which was interesting, is they kept a lot of the cardboard cutouts in the. Uh, in the seats so it looked more full than it was like there were even real people sitting next to cardboard cutouts in both end zones so both end zones looked pretty full but um you know health things aside and all that like i think obviously having the fans added to the atmosphere like people were reacting when good things were happening uh there were a few a few boos when they were down 17 to nothing i think they were booed into locker room at halftime by you know like the 14 fans that were around the uh the gate that they, they went out of but yeah, I, I think it definitely added to it. I think it it made it feel more like a game. It also makes me realize when there's sixty thousand people in here next year, it's gonna feel insane. Like after oh seeing it God, be dude. seeing it be empty, like yes. it's gonna be like a sensory overload to see that many people together yelling, like so but it was definitely uh, a nice having the fans back in there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um that's really all I got. Travis Fogum, you know. Again, nice to see him with getting, you know, kind of a focus of a defense. Silly, but to come up with six for 75 and a touchdown, obviously he wanted a little more early on. Um, but I thought, considering the opponent, you know, that's certainly heartening to see if we're, if we're talking about is Travis Fulgham real, like another kind of check mark along the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tim McManus just tweeted his stats through the first uh, three games. 18 catches, 284 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah. So he's averaging he's averaging almost you know six catches. Six catches a week. Yeah, and, exactly. And and 100, almost 100 yards and, and a touchdown a week. Yeah. Um, you know, being a number one receiver is is hard to do. Like, I don't know if I can say he's a number one receiver, even though he. The oh, totally. Back, Not know. there yet. Not there yet. Not he's there yet. He's definitely an NFL receiver. Like they yeah. have found an NFL receiver. He he should he should be on the roster. He should continue to play. Like all those things. I, I think at the very least, he seems like he's a top three receiver. Like, yeah. Well, if you 100%. want to twenty one or even the next few weeks, like he is a he is a top three receiver, arguably a top two receiver. So, he uh. Yeah, I mean, and I think what's impressive about him today is things weren't really going his way early on. Um, you know, I think his first few targets, I, w- I would guess he was like one for five, you know, th- throwing that way. Um, but he rebounded, didn't let it get to him, made some big catches late, almost came down with that helmet. Almost came down yeah. with it. It was so close. It was in his yeah. hands. I mean, really, his knee bounced, Literally, bounced yeah, out. Yeah, it was exactly. super close, so, man. Yeah, he's impressive. I think they, they've definitely found something him. Between him, Greg Ward, uh, they have two young receivers they can count on. And then, you know, Jalen Rager, in theory, will come back at one point, and yeah. we'll see how that well, is. Well, Ju- just, you see Justin Jefferson yeah. again? Oh, yeah. 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 I can't, honestly, yeah. I know everyone is all in on the DK Metcalf thing, and that's like, 
the one that really like makes him sick to their stomach, especially because JJ sucks, and I'm sure J- JJ will be worse than Jalen Rager. So I don't, you know, that's a different aspect of it. But for me personally, just because I never, I didn't want DK Metcalf with the same passion others did. Like I was yeah. wrong clearly. I wanted Justin Jefferson. We all know that. You and I have talked many times. Like I. I was so sure this guy was going to be a star. So for them to miss on him and for him to be doing what he's doing, like it really is a gut punch to me way more than DK Metcalf for me personally. I know it's different for other people, but well, I think the other part of it It is every team, every team passed over DK at least once and almost every team did it twice. So it wasn't like the exact next pick right after where the team couldn't wait to get the card as quickly as possible. Um, All right. That's all I got. You got, what else you got? You got any other, yeah. uh, one one last question for you wrap up. Just one last question. Um, just overall, I guess coming out of this game. So next week they have the giants on Thursday night then they have the Cowboys and they have the giants again with a buy in between there, all three winnable games. Just, I'm just curious, very quick, big picture, how you, you feel better, worse, the same, like how you feeling coming out of this? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Look, I thought they would get blown out today. So I definitely don't feel worse than I did coming into the day. Cause I thought they lose by two touchdowns and they fought and they almost won, you know, obviously in some ways it's feels worse because you, you actually had a chance and you blew it. But on the whole, I, I can't say I feel worse. But I also, again, I just don't think this team's very good. So it's hard for me to get super excited about it. I think, do they, could they win these next three and be 4-4-1 four, four, and one and in pole position in the NFC East? Absolutely. I mean, that is certainly possible, especially, you know, with two of them at home, two of them against the Giants, uh, you know, Again, I way Carson's playing. They're playing better. Uh, so, yeah, I think they could absolutely win these games. Um, but I also don't feel super confident that they will, you know, expect them to right. win three, three games in in 17 days or whatever it is. I mean, that just feels like uh, who knows? I don't know. Or whatever it is, three games in three yeah, days or whatever. So, I don't know. I mean, what's weird is I don't – I think individually I'll probably pick them to win each game of the next three. But – it's hard for me to picture them winning three straight games, if that exactly. makes sense. Exactly. Like, that, that, no, that's, yeah. a, that's my exact point. I totally am with you. Like, it just is hard for me to see them winning three straight games right now. They've only won one. Yeah. But the, the big takeaway from me for this one on a larger picture scale of how to feel about the team is they're scoring points. Like, that, that, that's very important. Obviously, you have to score points to win the game. Like, no, you know, not to sound like Trent Dilfer there. But, like... You <laughs> play to win the game, Elliot. That yeah, too, exactly. In case you play to win that. the game. You can't, you can't lose the game and win or whatever his, uh, his quote was. But um, they're scoring points. And I think that ultimately, like, they are, you know, I think they'll beat the Giants on Thursday night. I think they have a very good chance of beating the Cowboys here at home. Uh, and then I think they'll probably beat the Giants again. So when your offense is scoring, it looks like any concerns about Doug are pretty alleviated. Like, his offenses look pretty good the last two weeks. They fought hard, all those things. Carson, the arrow is definitely pointing up the last two weeks. So if you feel good about Doug and Carson, I think you have to feel pretty good about the team. And coming into today, prior to the game, I probably, if I had to pick, I would have probably picked the Eagles to win the division, like gun to my head. And I probably feel the same way after this. So yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm right there too. Up. Yeah, I think I would too. I'm super close. It's between them and Dallas for me, but I think if I had to pick, like you said, in that scenario, I would pick the Eagles, but it's really close just because I trust Wentz more than Dalton, and I uh, this team is not rolling over. But you know, look to, uh, to again to your point to flip it around this way. Like this is a massive three games. Like the season comes down to these next three games. You know they have to win them. Like they really do. Yeah. So it's gonna be. If big. they win the next three games, they'll win the division. If they like go one and two in these next three, then I think it's it could over. really then be it's over. Definitely yeah. over. Yeah. Then it's definitely so it's, over because it's be assuming huge. one of those losses to the Cowboys. 
Um, I mean, you might be in third in the division at that point, depending. And uh, so, yeah, these next three games are absolutely huge. But the exciting thing is we got one Thursday night, so we don't have to wait that long. You're exactly right. And we'll be back uh, earlier this week than normal with our preview pod. We'll be back Tuesday with the preview pod, looking ahead to Thursday, our picks pod. We'll still have the show on Saturday on WIP, all that stuff. Um, and, of course, rate and review the podcast. Uh, yes, we please. get to 2,000 five-star reviews by the time uh, we're looking for the end of the year. But regardless, whenever we get there, we'll take the SATs, and you can make fun of us for our scores. Perfect. Um, any final thoughts, A? No. Just excited for Thursday. Uh, I like that. For I like Thursday, that. Yeah. Nice and easy. Yeah. Clean. Got them all got, out. Yeah. Look at that. We, that's how good you are. You don't have any final because you got them all out. And, yeah. So I'm impressed. Here we go. All right. <laughs> We'll be back uh, in a couple days. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, For Elliot, I'm James. Talk to you guys later.